Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester is Red podcast. It's a pre-season special today because it's Perth that is red. I'm joined by Chief United writer Samuel Luckhurst. We're out here on pre-season with United. It's a few days in now. We're recording this the day before the first match against Perth Glory. Samuel, what have your impressions been of the Australian West Coast so far? Uh, very good. Very pristine. Um, I've very, very much liked it. It's, it's my first time in Australia, but the, the city itself is, is is pretty immaculately looked after. It seems to... Um, I think somebody said that it does shut down quite quickly after dark. Yeah. It does get dark very early here, given that it's the winter. It's still it's still a little chilly, but um, there's there's been a lot of United-related stuff up and about. I think the... I can't remember the name of it now, but there's this... Um, high tourist spot um where there's this little house just out in the sea on its own and they've they've even made that red uh, for the occasion i have got the name of it because i did google map it with You've intention me this all week you've been i know about i know I, I i definitely found the name it's the crawley edge boat shed we will be making a visit there i'm sure yes, yes. check out our instagram there, there is a long queue to get a picture of it unsurprisingly yeah. Um, and, and there are selfie sticks as well, so that, that's that's just prior warning anyway. Well, there could be selfie sticks on Saturday when uh, <laughs> United take on Perth Glory, but uh, yeah. the week itself, we already had the uh, the Willy won't he will Pogba travel part of the uh, part of the tour squad. He did travel a twenty eight man squad out here in Australia. The first activity for us really was that presser on mm. Wednesday. It seems so far ago, and now it's really it does mad. But uh, Pogba was mainly the main talk point in that press conference, wasn't he? And it was quite a, quite a peculiar defence from Solskjaer of of the star map. It was it, it it was effective in a way because there have been some very uh, narrow-minded and gullible uh, fans, shall we say, on Twitter who have who have swallowed it, who think there is an agenda against Paul Pogba, but it, it almost needs someone to do one of those pinned tweets where you quote what Pogba said in uh, Asia was in China, I think, at the end of June when he said in about Japan, yeah. it's time for a new challenge. And then you also need to quote what Minoraiola told the Times last week, which was that he is in the process of um, effectively engineering a move for Pogba. Uh, Pogba has not come out and knocked down those quotes. He has never knocked down anything his agent has said before. He didn't deny that his agent had offered him to Manchester City last season, uh, and he didn't step in to intervene when his agent kind of well, kind of derided Ed Woodward for not having a, a director of football last year either. So, as, as somebody else put it, the only agenda that has been set has been set by Pogba and Pogba's agent. Um, but it's almost if the slightest thing, the slightest comment you make about Pogba, you're yeah. latched upon by um, not United fans, Pogba fans. These These so-called fans... They should move on to Real Madrid or Juventus whenever Pogba moves on to them, uh, because in this in this era, it, it is reminding me a little of the Anthony Marshall stuff last season uh, on tour when he played two games. He went away because his wife was about to give birth, um, but then he went AWOL and he didn't report back for for pre-season training, which was 
just poor professionalism. And I think he was the only player that was ever fined under Mourinho. In fairness to Pogba, he's travelled. Uh, he doesn't look like that he's hating every minute of it. I know that even just videoing him on his own clapping and waving to United fans is going to antagonise Pogba fans um, because, again, they're, they're narrow-minded. They can't think for themselves. But unfortunately, that's that's what you get on Twitter. But he he was signing autographs. He, he looked cheerful in, in open training on... Um, what night was it now? Thursday, Thursday night. Thursday night, yeah. Uh, so, but, but again, with, with that... People will say, well, why aren't you reporting on that? Why is this not getting any press? It's like Nancy from Peep Show asking, <laughs> yeah. where's all the good news? Um, because I mean, she says something about like just one train that crashed. What yeah. about all the trains <laughs> that, that made it? That's what we've got with Pogba at the moment. If there's the slightest thing that is positive or good news, it's why isn't that getting any press? But ultimately, he, he wants to leave, and it, it made Solskjaer's um, impassioned defence of him very peculiar. I think he used the phrase heart of gold. He said that he's never been a problem. I think pretty much everyone else at United would disagree with that. But it was clearly, they, they had to, Solskjaer and the media people at United needed to have a sit down and talk about how they were going to address that. And it was a strange, strange way of handling it because I think it, it does make Solskjaer look weaker. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you, like, like, do you think he has handled it well? I mean, from a club point of view, they'll definitely see that that's what he had to do. And he clearly went in, not maybe premeditated, but he knew exactly what, what he wanted to say on Pogba. It wasn't going to be mm. drawn into the questions that were asked of him. But mm. when he's making a, maybe a bit of a mockery of the club with his comments and his agent coming out, like you say, he's not, Pogba's not said what he wants to do himself. And then you've got Solskjaer, sort of going against everything he has done and saying he's like the model it, pro. And... It, it, it is utterly undermined uh, by by the fact that, and again, it is a fact, <laughs> but for those idiots on Twitter who think it isn't, um, Pogba has come out and said he wants a new challenge, i.e. he wants to leave. They're not talking about a new... He's not talking about a new challenge of challenging for the league yeah. or anything like that. Uh, his agent has come out and said he's in the process of trying to get him a move elsewhere. And... In fairness to Pogba, I don't blame him because United have got a poorer squad, a poorer manager and are in a poorer position than they were upon his return three years ago. And given the struggles they've encountered in the transfer market and just the sheer doubt you have about that squad qualifying for the Champions League next season or achieving anything remotely um, impressive, uh, you don't blame him. Uh, he's, he's a World Cup winner. On his day, he is a world-class talent. If he was surrounded by uh, better players, he, he would probably be a better better player. He would probably be playing better football. So I don't blame Pogba for wanting that. United, as a club, though, I mean, they have become a player power club anyway. And it just beggars belief that they're just continuing as if oblivious to this this problem that exists, which is that they have empowered a player who seems to have more hold, more sway than the manager. And what Roy Keane said in April um, about you know, these players will throw Ollie under a bus, you can completely see that happening. And, OK, Pogba's not, he's not being spiteful or nasty, uh, and I don't think he would be either. But he has no loyalty to Solskjaer just because mm. Solskjaer gave him his reserves debut 10 years ago, or whatever it was, or that, in fairness, I think Solskjaer probably elicited the best football he's, he's ever played for a three-month period last season as well. So United being in this propaganda mode, it's not 
it's not a surprise, I think someone said on NUTV on the Paddy Creran show. <laughs> uh, Good source to you, reference. Yes, yeah, yeah, that, that, that brainwashing uh, programme. They, they were saying that, you know, he doesn't want to leave. No, or just all this claptrap. I mean, Paddy was, of course, the guy who was adamant that Louis van Gaal wasn't going to leave when he was on oh, the yeah. day that he was about to be sacked just because he had a hug off Ed Woodward uh, at the FA Cup final. So, look, people are entitled to I didn't think it was a good look from Solskjaer to just kind of... And he he did pretty much ignore what, what had been said by Pogba and, and Raiola. It was like, I'm not going to get into what agents talk about. Yeah, he said there's no bids in. Yes, yeah. Yeah, which so, yeah. which is a very valid point. I mean, ultimately, if you've not received a bid for a player, there's, you can't do anything about it. Now, it doesn't work like that. I mean, Raiola will be agreeing personal terms or touching base with um, prospective clubs, putting out the feelers, this, that and the other. I think the, the days of being outraged over tapping up um, just from a bygone era now, every player, when the bid, when the bid actually comes, it's already been. the player is already aware that the bid is going to come and he knows what he's going to, the likelihood is he knows what he's going to earn at his um, prospective club as well. And in fairness to United, they've, they've been quoted £50 million for Sean Longstaff. So how much do you value Pogba at? And he's, he's still got, effectively, given the option of an additional year on his contract, three years left. So his resale value is still very, very high, even though he did not have a great season. And you say he didn't have a great season. He didn't. I thought he was a destabilising influence at United. He can be toxic, but he can also be totemic. And that's why he was in the PFA um, team of the year. Yeah, like you say, he's a player rated highly by his peers and one is very marketable to United. In, the, in, an, in an ideal world, what do you think United would want to do? Do you think they would want to get rid of someone like Pogba, but then it's the replacing game and the fact that if you take him out of that midfield, mm. that is a very average midfield without Paul Pogba in it? I thought they did a good way of padding out the midfield list when they revealed their tour squad because Tahith Chong is not a midfielder, yeah. Juan Mata is not a midfielder, Angel Gomez is not a midfielder. So seven, was it then? I think the reality of it is that, I mean, they've not got Fred out here, but I think they've got five senior central midfielders, um, those those five being Pogba, Fred, Andres Pereira, Scott McTominay and Emmanuel Matic. They literally have as many goalkeepers at the moment. We, we suspect Dean Henderson will go yeah. back on loan to Sheffield United and he's not out here, he's on holiday in Turkey. But it's still a pretty barren part of the squad that needs major retooling. And if you get rid of Pogba you have to replace him. I suspect the reason why they've not offered £50 million or however much for Bruno Fernandes is because they've still got Pogba. They don't want to make a move for a big, expensive attacking midfielder while they've still got Pogba, even though you would argue they probably need one to alleviate the the burden on Pogba. If you bring in Sean Longstaff in, and we'll get onto that in a bit um, soon, I'm sure, that's that's not going to change things much at all um, they've, they've got James Garner who will probably be gradually eased into I mean he already has been eased into the first team set up anyway by firstly by Mourinho and to a greater extent by Solskjaer but they've that is that it's just it's just really really complicated the way they've gone about that area I mean Andres Pereira has been given a very generous new contract he is always going to be a squad player at best. He turns 24 in January. It's five years next month since he made his debut. 
Uh, McTominay, there's still a bit of uncertainty. Is he an attacking midfielder? Is he a defensive midfielder? I think Solskjaer kind of likes to see him as an attacking option. Matic, since he got that injury at Watford, was it November 2017, I think, it's just not really been the same player, apart from the odd purple patch. It wouldn't be a surprise if this is his last season. And um, Fred, <laughs> dear Fred, is <laughs> getting married for the second time. Uh, in successive years to the same woman, it seems. Uh, I don't quite know the ins and outs of that, but I was told that he was getting married a few weeks ago and I thought, um, I, said, I said to the contacts, I'm sure he's already married, yeah. but it must be a different service and he must have rather, rather uh, prematurely assumed he was going to be on Cop America duty and then he'd have yeah. the time off to, um, to, go and, to go and get married. But he's not here. Um, and he wasn't at the Dubai training camp because his, his wife was giving birth again. It's, it's an understandable reason, but people of a certain generation would probably say, well, he's not even playing for yeah. United. He needs to be doing all he can to get into the team. As I've said before, when the transfer window closes, I said it before it even opened, um, when it closes, there will be immense dissatisfaction just because of the way United operate in the market. And the way they've operated this year has been very flawed in the... They do seem to be doing it on a uh, one-at-a-time basis. Um, I mean, Sean Longstaff's people kind of kind of hopeful that he'd be moved in June, but then United prioritised Aaron Wan-Bissaka, and then they were taken aback by the Harry Maguire bid at the start of last week because they assumed there would be movement on Longstaff that week, and that wasn't the case until the weekend. And at the moment, it's gone pretty cold because of what Newcastle want. But ultimately, I think United are taking a bit of a risk in certain positions in that they need more established, experienced options rather than these these rawer ones that they they think are the, um, are the solution for the time being. But all that's going to do is increase expectation on players who probably deserve a little bit more time and deserve a, an older head to yeah. help ease them into the team. You mentioned when the uh, transfer window closes, there might be some disappointed United fans, but they could be... a. Uh seeing Romelu Lukaku move to uh, Inter Milan <laughs> overnight they they confirmed that they have been in touch with United mm. over the possible transfer for the Belgian forward uh, he missed training he was doing some alternative gym based work with yes. after another double session that must be must be added to it but uh, Romelu Lukaku latest do, do you expect him to leave this summer then United have said that you know if an acceptable bid comes in then is someone he, that could go so yeah uh, he he's not really aligned with what Solskjaer once from that front three and it was interesting listening to Rashford the other day and talking about Greenwood and Solskjaer talked about Greenwood saying he's going to be playing a lot more Rashford was saying that he's always been it's it's been his destiny if you like to be a, be one of those forwards who can play across the line um, he's not done that particularly convincingly from the right some people would say he shouldn't be playing through the middle from the left he's, he's done pretty well I think overall and of course first two or three months under Solskjaer last uh, last season he was he was an excellent number nine but he doesn't see himself as a number nine and he never has so I think with what they want they want more intensity obviously Matt Rushford said this week they want to um, play a more you know, higher tempo which is completely understandable it certainly looked that way in training in the rondos I think there was that video from Miami last year that, that <laughs> I, I took where the, the, the one touch um, passing was was Shabby to say yeah, the, the least. Ju- I hope someone like splices those side by side. Yes, that would be maybe the, the yeah, social yeah. effect. If if if, Sol- if, if Solskjaer gets on a winning run, that's yes. that's that's a winner of a of a social video. If if, if they can do that, which which obviously they they can. Um, 
so with so with Rashford, um, the potential Greenwood has because I, I really do think, even though he is a voracious goal scorer, that he can play from left, can play from right, and and can switch pretty seamlessly. They need to get that right, I think, with him because he's a real gem. And as unpalatable as he is at times, um, Lingard is a very intelligent footballer with his movement in terms of moving across that front three. Uh, I think Arsenal away in the FA Cup last season is an excellent example yeah. of that in that he started as a centre-forward, but you never knew quite where he was going to pop up. Now, with Lukaku, he's just he's just too immobile to do that. Um, he, he is he's an unabashed centre-forward and it seems like United want more multifunctional options. Um, I know Solskjaer did bracket Lukaku in with the potential goal scores next season, but if he were to omit him, it creates a story. So, from United's perspective, I think they'd be happy for Lukaku to be the big player sale of the summer. In Pogba's case, because of how much they value him, I can easily see them squeezing one more year out of him, but because he will technically be into the last year of his contract next year, and he would have a maximum of two years left on it, they have to sell him next summer. And I say that because even though there's a prospect of him signing a new contract, I think the club plummets to another level of of player power if if they even try to do that. I think they've just got to try and make a pretty serene transition away from the the Pogba player power era, if you like, whilst also trying to maximise his brilliance as a footballer for one more season to maybe get them back into the Champions League. And then it's, OK, you can yeah. go. We're going to get someone else in because we're back in the Champions League and we're a bigger pool. But it does say a lot about how far United have fallen when 10 years ago it was, or nine years ago it was to Ronaldo, look, stay, try and help us yeah. win the league, try and help us win the Champions League, win mm-hmm. the Club World Cup, then you can go. Now it's a case of... Try and make us finish above Leicester. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then you can leave. And and on Leicester, as as we were discussing last night, there were, in terms of their outfield players, there were, probably half of them would improve yeah, that United we side. Lesson, we? That's the reality of where United are at. So it's an invidious position they're in uh, with Pogba and it is catch-22. Yeah, we'll get on to transfers after the break. And just before that, we've got a, a very hastily made teaser question for you, Great. Samuel. Uh, when United uh, appointed David Moyes, they came to Australia themselves. Uh, their first game they lost against the Thailand All-Stars, though, before they then played the Aussie League All-Stars in 2013, and United actually won 5-1. But who scored the goals? We'll be God. back after the short break to see just how good your memory is. Hello, and welcome back to the Manchester's Red podcast. Uh, just before the break, I left Samuel with the unenviable teaser to name the goal scorers when United beat the Aussie League All-Stars back in 2013. It was David Moyes' second game in charge of pre-season fixture. United won 5-1 against the Aussie League All-Stars who were, uh, I read before, that uh, sadly the big names ML Heskey and Del Piero had other commitments so couldn't even play in that game. But uh, United scored five. Can you name the goal scorers? There's only three goal scorers. Two the, players the, got braces. The sad thing is, if you ask me about United's 2003 tour of the States, I, I have no, no problem problems. naming those goal scorers. But with this one, Lingard definitely scored. Scored two. Yeah. Um, two other players and they Giggs. are no both strikers so Welbeck Welbeck got a brace and a striker in 2013 Hernandez from Percy BT Sports very own Robin <laughs> from Percy yeah, yeah he's just been announced as a pundit for them so uh, 
5-1. Uh, United take on Perth Glory this weekend. You already mentioned Rashford's press conference earlier in the week and he said he doesn't really know what to expect from Perth Glory. He's quite honest in that. Uh, what are you expecting from United this weekend? What type of side do you expect to see as well? Because it's, it's a good mixture. You mentioned the youngsters like people like Greenwood, but you've also got people like Ashley and Matic who are going to be crucial to Solskjaer next season. So who's going to play? Because it, it's, it's one of those... Peculiar things in that because it's such a full squad he's got available out here. I mean, who the only ones aren't here are Sanchez, Darmian, and Fred, yeah. and no, nobody cares about two of them anyway. Um, Take your pick, which one? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. They've, they've not got well. They've got the only is they've got Paul Pogba. They've not got uh, Sanchez and Fred in that in that sense. I think it, it, it could be one of those teams that just gets scrutinised because, as I said, pretty much everyone relevant is is available to him, and. Such, such as who's going to be my captain so if, if Ashley Young starts and is wearing the captain's armband he'll be trending on Twitter because you know, it's so-called supporters who just live for slacking yeah. off English players like that thing um, got some mention as well that Juan Bissak has started pre-season later as well hasn't yes. he? So probably, I, I, I personally think he'll probably be on the bench Juan yeah, yeah. But you've, young you've, you've got Dallow obviously yeah. who was back for the first day of pre-season training um, I think Luke Shaw came out of training early, had strapping on his knee, so possibility that he might not be risked. And that's the thing, if Luke Shaw's not starting and Wampasaka's not starting and Dallow and Young are, which because of those reasons is completely possible, Young's going to be training on Twitter. People are going to be saying, why is Luke Shaw not playing? Why is Aaron Wampasaka not two playing? Right backs. Yeah. Why is that? Yeah. And, and there's no... that Those opinions are completely devoid of context, so there is the context there for that. Um, obviously, if Pogba doesn't start, people scrutinise that as well. Um, so it, it's one of those things that, again, it feels like there's an element of catch-22, even though it's, it's just a friendly. And look, it doesn't matter. It, it is literally a friendly. It doesn't matter if they win, lose or draw. The first game of the tour, it's, it is, as the cliche goes, just about getting the fitness levels up. But I suppose that that, that attacking trident, how they set up in the front six anyway... Um, is, 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 I hesitate to say fascinating but maybe the most interesting aspect because you want to see United play at a higher tempo with uh, with quicker forwards so I think the front three of James Rashford or Greenwood however they operate yes. is something that would be exciting for fans I, I think a, a lot of people are excited about seeing Daniel James play He looks very fast in the at training as well again last yeah. night he does look like a player he's, he's well up for it and of course he had that Dubai uh, fitness camp before pre-season as well so he certainly looks raring to go doesn't he yeah I, I, I we did the story on uh, Monday or Tuesday that the player's been taken back by just how good he's been in, yeah. in training uh, and okay he, he could have a very good pre-season but the real test is going to be if he's starting against Chelsea on, on August the 11th Wilfred Zaha was very good in pre-season training uh Six six years ago, not training even the actual friendlies, yeah. and that that went south quite quickly. But you, you'd like to see him playing, and I think given um, the attention he got off one very young Australian fan last night, who was pretty much begging him. Yes, beg, begging him. It was, it was like the Australian sequel to Alan Partridge's <laughs> Dan outburst, just shouting Daniel Dan. repeatedly. Uh, he's you know it'd be it'd be good to see him. I think everybody's quite interested to see how he fares, how he links up with, with United players, given that he is a, a championship winger and he's about to be he's about to be thrown in at the deep end in the Premier League. 
Yeah, it's, it's going to be a bit of a reality check for him, isn't it? He, he seems to be handling it really well and dealing with it, but uh, it's a real real difference. It would be interesting to see who Swansea were playing in pre-season last season, wouldn't it? Because I'm sure it's not as... Just to, yeah, <laughs> just to contrast it, yeah. and I suppose it's been a bit of a home from home because the, the Perth uh, symbol appears to be the Swansea yeah. uh, club crest as well. We've seen it on all the banners out here, plugging um, tickets for the, for the United games. So... As I said, that's he's probably the the most um, exciting draw um, as, as as far as I'm concerned as a journalist yeah. anyway. For the fans, obviously, it's it's Pog, seeing Pogba, it's it's seeing the star players like Marshall if if he's fit to to play as well, and, and Rashford. But how James gets on on this tour, how he where he plays as well. I imagine Solskjaer will play him left, right, try him everywhere yeah. because at the moment they have effectively got. They've got four options to play on the left flank and on the right. It's it's still one or one or two justifiable options. You, I don't think anybody would include Rashford as an option to play there anymore, and, and, and rightly so. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Of course, uh, fans will also be excited to see uh, Mason Green, which you've already mentioned him before. Solskjaer and Rashford both spoke highly of him in the week. Uh, do you think he will get a real fair opportunity on, on this tour? And as a, as a central option, you've mentioned that he could play out wide, but I guess the issue now for United is to if they want him to be a natural goal scorer for his whole career, is maybe just to, to stick him in that central role as much as they can. Yes. Solskjaer was... I think that was probably not the most interesting thing, but what Solskjaer said about Greenwood was, was the most encouraging yeah. thing from his press conference when he said he will get more game time. I suspect he might might not even go back into the reserves when they come back from tour. Um, Solskjaer was saying how good he's been in training if you're getting rid of Lukaku and you're going to struggle to get an established replacement in there's absolutely no harm in keeping Greenwood within that setup, even though it's quite a lot of pressure on him uh, you just need Rashford, Lingard, Mata um, even Daniel James just because yes. he's four years older than him to alleviate that what burden there is on him so I, I'm, I, I was excited when, when he started against Cardiff when, when it comes to those Dead rubber games towards the end of the season. You hope there'll be as many young players starting as possible. Um, it wasn't quite the case in that Cardiff game, but Gomez came on, and, and Solskjaer was right. Greenwood was was the best player. Yeah, he could have had five goals that game, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he hit the post. Etheridge made the odd save as well. Um, he, he was he was very active. He was a goal scoring threat, which is what United lacked towards the end of the season. So if he can start taking those chances in first team games, he's he's on to a winner. And Solskjaer's already said that, I think he said it after that Huddersfield uh, embarrassment in, in early May, he said Greenwood, Garner, Chong would be getting playing time in the Europa League because of Lukaku's situation. Uh, he, he, Greenwood might get more playing time, but that's the interesting thing about it. Rashford, what he was saying about how the way he's been developed at United it was always to chop and change, yeah. play in different positions. It, it felt like a felt like a trick for the mind when he said that because the success rate for players coming into the first team and staying there in one position the hit rate has been so low Yeah. in terms of not what they've achieved at the club I mean John O'Shea achieved a lot Wes Brown did but not um, at one position exactly yeah. Dan, Danny Welbeck won the league and league cups you know they, they won a lot of trophies but they didn't O'Shea was centre half but he literally played in every position including in goal West Brown's most regular season season was was at right back in, in in the Premier and Champions League double winning campaign, and he had a couple of bad injuries as well, so that was always going to 
set him back. And sometimes when that happens, you come back, you are just happy to be playing, particularly in his case, because I think he ruptured his cruciate ligament twice. So given that's the injury all footballers fear yeah. even now, just just to be playing is, is a godsend in, in that sense. Uh, and even with Rashford, he, he has bucked the trend in that he's a striker who's come through um, the academy into the first team and stayed there and achieved an awful lot. But he said himself he's not, he doesn't see himself as a centre forward. So you think, when was the last centre forward, out and out centre yeah. forward, to go from the academy into the United first team and stay there as a centre forward and be a success? And you're probably thinking, Mark Hughes. Um, Paul Scholes obviously had that stint, yeah. but everyone, when you think Paul Scholes, the great Manchester United player, you think as a midfielder, you don't think of him as a striker. So that that's a that's an example of um, that successful academy adaptation that Scholes went through in that he could play up front, he could play behind the striker, he could play as a midfielder, and he played in all positions very well at different phases of his career. Uh, Jesse Lingard, I think... For the sick he gets is is another example. He he has been success in that sense, and that he's played attacking central midfielder from the right through the middle, um, and and he's he's had a pretty good career so far, even though he has a lot of knockers. So with Greenwood, it, it will be interesting to see whether they do keep him central or whether they do try and do what they did with Welbeck, and that is a dangerous game to play because Welbeck was a was a potent striker but then as soon as he started getting messed around with frankly he and he was being tinkered he, he lost that striker's instinct and he, he became pretty impotent yeah so he's got the uh, footsteps of Mark Hughes to follow in Mason <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I, um, there, there might be another one that <laughs> I can't think of any though it's, yeah, it's you, difficult really isn't right. it yeah but yeah. also it's, in, it's interesting isn't it and that we spoke about that uh, Greenwood is the is the youngster who has maybe the most potential now of all the youngsters. He's sort of overtaken Gomez, Garner mm. and, and Chonkers. This time last year he was bottom of that quarter and now he's definitely at the top, isn't he? It's yeah. interesting. But yeah. do you think that could benefit uh, Gomez and Chong maybe that they aren't maybe the, the hottest kid on the block really at United anymore? Do you think that it could give him maybe maybe less pressure on them to, to do well this, this tour? Possibly. It, it also risks them getting lulled into a not a sense of complacency but just relaxing and yeah. thinking this might not this might not happen for me or they'll work harder I, I don't know um, at, at the moment you'd probably put in in terms of the order of chances of, of making it um, to coin that phrase you'd probably put Greenwood I think purely because of the midfield situation Garner then yeah. Chong then Gomez but the reassuring thing for Gomez is that Solskjaer blocked a loan movie had lined up in, in January so there's the manager rates him. The manager yeah. wants him. He's, he's brought him on the tour. I don't think anybody really expected him not to be on the tour. Those. But it's not just sort of. On, it does deserve to be, isn't it? It's yes. not just a yeah. gesture. Oh just no, no. To keep the fans. It, happy, it'd, have, it? it'd have been a surprise if he if he'd been excluded from it. I think he'd have been a surprise if Dylan Levitt was named in the tour squad, even though he's had that exposure yeah. with the Wales setup and also training with with the United first team a fair bit. Uh, towards the end of last season and over the last week or so as well he was involved in, in first team training but it's it's difficult I mean Chong Chong is clearly too good for reserve level and there's, an, there's still the possibility he will get game time on the right this season and given what Solskjaer has said as well it looks like if, if he were to get a loan move now Solskjaer's kind of reneging on his plans and yeah. 
I think that they do need to try and give him that opportunity. If it doesn't work out, try and get him alone in January, as, as unideal as they can be at times. I think with Gomez, he's probably the one who, who could do with a loan. Uh, I think he turns 19 at the end of end of August, which isn't to be held against him. But it's just he's he's been so current and he's been so known for such a long yeah. time since he was 13 or 14. And it's almost like time has just gone whoosh and passed everyone by. And you're wondering, OK, when when's it? going to happen now it's, it's almost as if it's, it should have happened by now and it never it never works out that way not everyone's an Mbappe or a, or a Michael Owen or, or a Marcus Rashford in that sense but I do think the way Gomez plays he's possibly better suited to a foreign club which is why a club like Barcelona have, have taken yeah. a shine to him whereas with Greenwood he's he's a goal scorer um, English football still has a fascination with the number nine even though a lot of people would say the number nine is dead. You've got Aguero, you've got Kane in the Premier League, still playing fabulous football, still scoring an awful lot of goals. So as long as those players are doing really well in the Premier League, there's always going to be encouragement for players like Greenwood to forge a career as a centre-forward. Yeah, I guess the uh, the final thing fans want to know is uh, what is the latest on, on any new arrivals? As some, you've already mentioned that the Longstaff valuation is fifty million. You mentioned uh, Leicester before. We've always had the, uh, the the vague interest in someone like James Madison uh, and the Harry Maguire bid that was rejected as well. Uh, is the, you said that it's the one at a time process United going through? Is it still a central midfielder next up that United want? I don't think so anymore because of the Longstaff valuation. Excuse me. Um, I mean, the way United have have gone about that is is peculiar. I was told last week that the, one of the tactics United have in terms of going for a player is that they they let they let them know that they're one of a few that they're on a short list of options, and what that does is that that risks making the player feel lukewarm and not that wanted. And even with someone like Sean Longstaff, who would still absolutely jump at the opportunity to move to Manchester United because he's playing for a basket case of a club in Newcastle. Steve Bruce's Newcastle. It could be by I know, well. yeah, yeah. Which I mean that, that might that might keep him. <laughs> um Steve Steve Bruce has has a certain pull, uh, even though he that, that that appointment has already been really one of the few United legends not to be linked to a move to Ultra. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um but even with someone like Longstaff who his, his representative spoke to United back in May and they were given the impression that a deal could be done in June and then they expect movement last week and then United go on to Harry Maguire. It's like you're falling lower and lower down the chain. Now, of course, United shouldn't feel the need to go hot and heavy for Sean Longstaff because he's he only made his Premier League debut in December, I think, on Boxing Day. And he's, has he played double figures for, United, for Newcastle? I'm not sure no, he has. So they shouldn't shouldn't treat him like Juventus have treated Adrian Rabio, um, where, where he was on a free transfer. But that was the comparison made. Juventus go hot and heavy for players, whereas United don't as much. Yeah. There, are, there are exceptions, Pogba being one of them. But even they, even with Pogba, there was there were other players on the list in case that didn't happen. And that's the way you've got to operate. You can't just say that's our only target for that position. There have to be alternatives. But it is a peculiar way of going about it, one at a time, when the Premier League transfer window is so short and they've only signed two players 
who are both very raw. And in the case of Wan-Bissaka, the one game where everybody was watching him, he had his worst game ever for England's yeah. 21s amid the scrutiny, amid the speculation. Better players than Wan-Bissaka have crumbled at United in recent years. If he doesn't crumble and if he makes the right backs like his own this season, then I think he'll have, ju- he'll have justified the fee because of the sheer weight of expectation on him um, and, and the pressure on him. With Daniel James, it's a bit different because the, the transfer fee's been so low. I think he'd have to be so terrible to be considered a flop. I think he'll actually be all right for United, even though their only com- main competitors for him were um, were Brighton. So it is a strange way they're going about it, and they've not sold any players either. And Solskjaer's already talking about how many good players he's got in this squad, and he's taking this tone that he was taking before the rot set in last season when everything was hunky-dory and they were playing well, they were winning games, they were hardly losing any. Yet towards the end of the season, it was like, I'm going to be successful here. Some of the players aren't. Well, they've only got rid of... Well, they've not got rid of players. They've The players have come to the end of their contracts in, in Valencia and Herrera. And with Herrera, they, they did want to keep him and they probably should have done more to keep him. So they've not cleared out or not tried to get rid of the deadwood. And as Solskjaer said... Quite rightly so, they've not received bids, but United are their own worst enemies there because they have put players on ridiculous contracts that have priced them out of um, of, of selling them. Mm-hmm. Be it Rojo, be it... They weren't going to sell Jones, Small and Rojo in the same summer, but I don't think anybody would... Uh, any United fan would have thought it was advisable they got Smalling and Jones signed up on completely new contracts last year when... They were literally in the last year of their contract, but United had the option of an additional year to tie them to the club till 2020. So you'd think, trigger that and then make a decision in the summer and sell one of them uh, because you need a new centre-half, you can make room for them. If United had operated ruthlessly, they'd have been shot of Darmian and Rojo by now because they could have just released yeah. them. Instead, they triggered the one-year option in Darmian still. And in Rojo's case, they gave him just the most inexplicable contract in probably United's, certainly modern history. I think even giving David Moyes six years made more sense than giving Rojo the contract that he was given. And the other strange, there are nuances to, to contract negotiations, but Jones is on a longer deal than Axel Tunzibi, which... Whatever the decision making there, whatever the yeah. process, Tunzibi might have wanted a shorter deal. You don't know, but that that is not a good look. It's not a really bad message, isn't it? Especially to the fans, especially when you you do put it like that. Yeah, the fact that someone like Jones is yeah, and got maybe a guaranteed longer future at the club still. I know, and look, they've they've got a lot of centre backs, and something has to give there as well. And okay, they've you know, they're, they're operating differently last year. The failure to get rid of a centre back partially prevented them from signing one. This year they've decided, okay, we've had our worst defensive season in 40 odd years. They've decided belatedly, even then, it was at the end of June yeah. they made the decision. I, I, I can't, that 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 was just remarkable uh, when I, was, I had that tip and, and, and did that story that they waited until the end of June yeah. to make a decision on signing a centre back. And then, of course, two days later they, they bid for Maguire. Why it took that long is just beggars belief, but that that kind of summarises the situation they're in. So, I mean, United, we spoke to uh, 
people who work at the club last night, day before as well, uh, the press conference, and they've, they've nothing's imminent. They've nothing new to yeah. offer on that front. So that's the bottom line for it. But ultimately, I think Solskjaer would ideally ideally wants two more players. I can't remember if if I made the prediction on a podcast or in, 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 in a blog been, update or yeah. something, but I think I, I said I wouldn't be surprised they ended it with three players. Yeah, so. And I still think that's a distinct possibility as we've now entered the last four weeks of the transfer window in the Premier League. Yeah. The clock is ticking down. Uh, but oh well, watch your space. We shall see if we're joined by anyone else on tour. Samuel, thank you very much for joining thank us you. on this podcast. We will be back again either Sunday or Monday to reflect on the game against Perth Glory and then look ahead to the big one against Leeds next week as well. War of the Roses can return in West Australia. Thank you very much for listening to the Manchester is Red podcast. Please do leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already. And join us again next time.